0: This. 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 This is is Mythical.
1: Welcome to Ear Biscuits, I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. Joining us today at the round table of dimmed lighting is vlogger, gamer, and creator of one of the fastest growing YouTube channels out there today, Mark Fishbach. AKA Markiplier.
0: Markiplier's unique approach to Let's Play style videos has exploded all over the interwebs, earning him four and a half million subscribers last year alone. Wow. Here's a clip of Mark playing the insanely popular and very scary Five Nights at Freddy's.
2: If I didn't want to stay the first night, why would I stay any more than five? Why would I stay any more than two? Hello. <laughs> I
3: don't want to die. Oh, I the
2: Nobody likes you! He's still there! I want
3: my mommy!
0: His rise of YouTube fame can be attributed to many things. Uh, One of them is his amazing voice. That clip didn't really do it justice because he was yelling a lot, but you'll know what I mean when you hear him in this biscuit, his voice will tickle
1: your ears. Tickle, tickle, tickle. (laughs) After spending some time with Mark, we not only got to know him better personally, but we really found this to be a case study in connecting with your audience. Beyond his amazing voice, his success is also a result of how open and even even vulnerable he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the viewers get more than just a walkthrough of a video game, they actually get to know this guy on a personal level because he isn't afraid to wear his heart on his sleeve.
0: In this biscuit we talked with Mark about our shared experience of swinging on vines as kids, mm-hmm. his emotional final moments with his father, the events that led Mark to start creating Let's Play videos, and how a Reddit post propelled him to internet fame, and why he chooses to share so much of his personal life with his fans.
1: Um, we're really super excited to share our time with Mark with you. Uh, but first, we want to remind you that you can support this show by cl- checking out lyndacom retinlink. That's lyndacom
0: Rhett, A-N-D, Link. Whether you wanna take better photos or shoot better videos, learn programming skills to develop your own mobile app or edit your own video footage using Final Cut Pro or Premiere, lynda.com offers thousands of video courses to help you get where you want to be.
1: It really is a great site. Um, you can learn at your own pace on your own terms and you can get a free 10-day trial by going to lynda.com slash and
0: now the people who, uh, just so you know, it, it isn't just like a, a, a slideshow. I mean, this is people. Experts. Telling you, yeah. teaching you. Pe- experts in these areas teaching you courses. This isn't like when you go ask your uncle for advice.
1: Oh, you wanna ask me for some advice? Oh, you wanna you want
2: learn how to whittle?
1: A little. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go to lynda.com slash and Link and try it for free for 10 days on it. Listen, 10 days for free and then if it doesn't work out, you can go back to your uncle. Your uncle will teach you
2: how to whittle.
1: Now on to the biscuit with Markiplier.
2: I'm very open about my emotions, especially on my channel. Uh-huh. And it's strange, because I am a gaming channel. So all right. my content is gaming-oriented, and it's in that aspect that I push my channel. But also, uh, with as with many gaming channels, they're not so much about the games as they are about the person. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that has taken me a long time to realize is just the kind of influence that I have, and also the kind of feedback I get from my fans. So uh, the reason that I cried well the most reason recent reason i cried was uh for my six million subscriber video or Mm -hmm. was it my six million yes Yes. Yes. yeah yeah it was 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 the the
0: fan the fan video yeah like they made a music video yeah
2: yeah and it it was it was interesting because that hit me so hard because the music that was played there was a cover of a game that i played uh which related back it was called to the moon i don't know if either of you have ever played the game it's a rather small indie game Uh, But it's about a dying old man who wants to relive his life and remake the choices that he's made and the mistakes that he's made. And going back into his past was really cool. It was a very deep game. Very good game, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Highly recommend it. Very narrative driven. But that's besides the point. The song from the climax of that game was what was covered. And when I heard it, like before I started recording my reaction to it. I, it opened up and I heard like the first word and I just went, Oh no, uh, here they come. Oh god. So I gotta turn on my camera so everyone can right. see so me you, weep like a baby.
1: And you so you you knew that you couldn't pre watch it. You had to get that uh, so if you were going to cry, you, you were can't act. Ha- yeah, You yeah. don't want to have to re-cry yeah, because exactly. you didn't record your first reaction. Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't leave anything on the table. I'm all raw all the time whenever I record my videos. But uh, that was actually a promise that I made to that particular channel because they made a five million video for me, and uh, I didn't record my reaction because I didn't have internet at the time, so I just watched it anyway. It was very touching, but not like this one was because when I- I'm even thinking about it now, it's kind of making me... A little weepy. You're gonna see me cry here, but <laughs> do just, it. No, God, yes, no. please. But just it, it was the fact that I saw so many of my fans in one place, and each of them took up maybe like a tenth of a second. Mm-hmm. But I still saw them, and they. I I, I knew they took the time. Six to million write. times ten seconds. A tenth of a second. God, <laughs> okay. 10 seconds a piece, that would be incredible. But yeah, just the fact that there were 649 people in that video. Wow. 649 out of 6 million people was such an astronomically huge difference. And yet, in this video, seeing all those people in one really got to me. And when the song came on, because the game reminded me of my own family and how I lost my dad when I was uh, 18 and how like uh, in the game there was a question of the brother and, and I have a brother that I care very much for. So the game hit me very hard. And when I heard that music over what I was seeing, it was just it was too much. And it hit me really hard in my heart. And it just made me realize how lucky I was to be where I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the video that I did before that where I cried again like a little baby was for my actual six million and I was uh, – or no, it was for five million. That's right. Every and,
0: every million subscribers you cry. Uh, pretty much, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, because I'm honored. I'm very, very honored sure. at, at what happened. But the reason that particular one was so important to me is because when I look back at all the subscribers I have, I remember – the early times and you guys probably remember the early times in your channel when you had a one-on-one conversation with a lot of your fans mm-hmm. and you were able to talk with them. And, um, one of the things that hit me hardest was I had recently been getting a lot of emails from fans. I've been making a concerted effort to try to read through, uh, some of the emails and it really, really hit me. And I had to re-record that video like 10 times cause I couldn't get through it. I was crying so much. Um, <laughs> And it was because I read emails of people that were fans of me when I had just started YouTube. And it was from their family members who said that my videos helped them out in the last moments of their life. And that hundreds and hundreds of fans who were there with me in the beginning of my channel are now gone. They died in the progress of me getting to this point. And they didn't care that I was a huge channel and they didn't care that I had 5 million subscribers they cared that I was able to give them some joy in their life when they were at their last moments. And hmm. that really, really resonated with me and and gave me meaning because, you know, I, 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 I recalled in the video that, because uh, I talk about a lot about losing my dad because I was there and I was there through the whole process and I was able to see what happened to him. And I, I visualize that when I think of fans that I've lost along the way. I hmm. think of how... How how scared they were, and how they were surrounded by family and those who love them. And even though I'm not connected to them in any way, I don't know. Right, you them. don't know them personally, yeah, exactly. But you
1: have such a connection. And you know, I certainly want to explore um, your journey as a creator to to bring along and amass such a such an audience that is so connected to you. Mm-hmm. And it it goes both ways. I mean, you, like you get the impression you're not the only one crying. But, like you said, it's a fascinating story that we want to unpack and kind of step back through with your dad and all these things you're mentioning. Um, because, on the surface, well, it's just a gamer channel, man. You're just a guy who plays video games, an mm. outsider would say. Yeah. Um, so, I, we do want to explore that. And we also want to explore a, a range of emotions here. You know, we've talked about wearing your heart on your sleeve. Let's get back there. But also, another emotion um, extreme pain. I know oh. <laughs> that. Um,
0: have you recovered from your five million yes, Scoville hot I have. sauce experiment? So
2: it was, so you, it, was a, it was,
1: you decided,
2: <laughs> give us the backstory on this hot sauce video. Um, my fascination with hot sauce started with hot pepper gaming. And I actually mentioned this last year when I first met you, I, I love the video you did with the uh, ghost pepper. Yeah. How you, did you do the ghost pepper at the same time? I yes. can't remember. Yeah. Yes. You both did the ghost pepper and I loved, loved that video. And, uh, uh, I, I started out with a habanero, so I didn't go as extreme. But after that, I got this addiction. And I found this sauce that was about 2 million Scovels. And I accidentally did an ice cream scoops worth. Because I didn't have normal spoons, so I might as well That's use a problem. It. Yeah, that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You're only supposed to use a drop of that. Uh, but I used like a full teaspoon of 2 million Scovel hot sauce. And it almost killed me. I
1: like, like, I like how your verb is, you used it. Yes, <laughs> I used like, it. You know, to, you're not <laughs> tasting it. <right? laughs> You know you' trying it, it. you used it uh for
2: views like we did, or oh. for something else <laughs> I, it, it was a mixture of I knew people wanted to see it, but I knew people didn't want me to do it, and that only pushed me to do it even more just to like show them like, ha, you can't control me. I did it anyway. ah oh, crap and what
0: and, and what was that? What sauce was the two million? do you remember it was they all have these crazy
2: names? yeah, you it know? was called the the hottest sauce in the universe, version two. Oh. So it beat its previous version somehow. <laughs> it
1: upended itself. Yeah, and exactly. this is the one in the most recent.
2: No, this the... was in the previous one. No, the most recent five most... million. Yeah, it came in a coffin. It was that bad.
0: I've, I've been in a store and seen that one. Yeah. The one that is wax sealed. Oh, it's, and, it was terrible. And it, it's like called Satan's Blood or something. I it's, can't
2: remember even what the name was. I don't even know if I read it on camera, but yeah, something <laughs> like that. Two layers of wax. I had to get a knife and just peel off and peel and shuck it. Like but it.
0: you took a smaller amount. You went with just a fork.
2: Yeah. I took two prongs of a fork and I dipped it in and that's all I did. It was just as bad. Like, just those two prongs probably equated to the same as what I did before. But I was mentally prepared for it. So And you, and right.
1: you did it because you had a head cold.
2: Yes, exactly. And because, you wanted the views. Yeah, pretty much. Right. <laughs> I wanted to, like, I took a picture of this, like, two months prior. And people were like, don't do it for two months. Like, bringing it up every once in a while and just reminding me that I needed to do it. And I went like, fine, screw it. Why not at my lowest point? When I'm sick and I feel awful, why not kick myself in the ass? Because I am a true masochist in that respect. And I so, so didn't want to do that that morning. And then I had the idea. And then I had to do it. So So. um,
1: were you rewarded for your investment?
2: For my investment of buying the sauce?
1: Did it get rid of your cold?
2: No, it made it worse. (laughs) I felt so bad after that. Because the same thing happened. The first time I did uh, the two million hot sauce, uh, I felt fine 30 minutes after I did the sauce. But yeah. then two hours later, it dropped into my lower intestine. Oh, yeah. Like SpongeBob with the pie bomb, it dropped down and exploded. And uh, I wound it up Everything on... seizes up. Yeah. Like, you go into the fetal position, right? Yeah, on naked the on the bathroom floor. Yeah. Yes, that's where I was. And uh, it didn't happen that bad. I was not naked.
1: Because it was a less, or lower
0: amount. Yeah, it so. wasn't
2: as much. So it kind of went away quicker. But I was still like, oh! Oh, no. Fell on ground. Got trash can. Was ready. Like, I'm ready for this. I know what's up. But you and- didn't retch, did you? No, no. I didn't throw up that time.
0: Oh, because that's, a- that's horrible if you do that. Oh, and- it was so bad. It hurts worse coming up.
2: Uh, the first time, yeah, when I was naked on the bathroom floor. Yes, yeah, 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 absolutely. Right. I don't know what the rating of this podcast is, so I won't go into vivid details <laughs> of what happened on that floor, but uh, it you was know, bad. You can, you can just... Let us know. Okay, I was naked on the floor. Why were you Uh, naked? I don't know. That's the weirdest thing. Because somehow, like, I I was in the bathroom, and I was throwing up, and I thought it would feel better if I was not wearing clothes because I was sweaty. I was sweating It's very everywhere. primal, you yeah, know? It's yeah, yeah. It's very primal to throw well, up. You
1: lose all discretion when you're in that much pain.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only I had a camera, I would have recorded it all, put it on YouTube for the delicious views. But no, I, was, I somehow took off all my clothes and decided that I needed to lay down, and it was so horrible because I thought I was going to die. My phone was upstairs. No one else was there. I knew, like, no one in the area. Like, you they-
0: thought Oh, seriously, maybe I need to call like nine one one.
2: Yeah, but I didn't because you know Cause whatever.
0: Because then
1: you'd be a, a story, a news story.
2: Yeah, and I don't want that. Right, so that's yeah. terrible. Yeah, I want to die with some dignity, <laughs> naked on my floor. But when you're throwing <laughs> it
1: up, it, it burns again.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, it did. And it looked—I was so scared because I drank like a half a gallon of milk. That'll do it too. Before and that probably w- made my stomach feel so bad. And then bananas when- are the key. Bananas are the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will save that for the next time. Yeah, I, try. I eat a couple
0: of bananas before and after, and it really helps. Yeah. Well, I,
1: I think you ate eight before the Carolina <laughs> Reaper. I
0: ate three before and two or three after. Link ate one before and none after because he doesn't like bananas. Fatal, fatal. And it's oh, 13 no. hours after we ate the Carolina Reaper, which is 2 million Scoville units. Yeah. Um, He was in the fetal position. He was not naked. If he had gotten naked, I would have left the room.
2: Oh, that's so crazy. But
1: then with with the five million, you didn't vomit, but did it burn when you pooped?
2: Yes, of course. Yeah, that's like a natural occurrence. Like with a habanero, it's gonna burn. Ring of fire. Yeah. Oh, man. Just the day after, because the day after was even worse because I had a charity live stream the day after. And I don't know why I decided to punish myself so severely the day before this live stream, but I only lasted three and a half hours on the live stream. But luckily, we hit our goal in like an hour and a half. So I was clear I could get out of there, but I felt so bad for so many reasons. And the goal was? uh, We were raising money for the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance, which right. was $54,000 was our goal. We raised $75,000, wow. which is really cool. Yeah,
1: um, Awesome. Let's get into your process a little bit before we go into your background. Mm-hmm. Um, you release two Let's Play videos a day. Yes. And that's five or seven days a week? All day, seven days a week. Seven days a week mm-hmm. and
2: I mean, do you have a backlog of these things? Uh, no, actually. Um, because I like to stay on top of games that come out more recently, uh, and because there are less games that come out, it's hard to get the games that I wanna play. Now, literally, I could play anything I want, and people would probably still watch it, but I like to stay recent and play a very select band of games. Because, like, people come to see me, but they also come to see the games. Like, the games gotta be cool. And with the way my life works, I have so many other aspects that I'm trying to do, because uh, some, buddy of mine, some buddies of mine just came in from South Carolina, and they uh, want to do sketch comedy, and I want to do sketch comedy with them. So I'm dedicating a big chunk of my time working with them now, mm-hmm. uh, and because I want to Where are to do you that. finding that time? Uh, usually in between everything else in my life, like eating and sleeping, I just sacrifice that, and then I s- slot that in there.
1: So you don't, you don't sleep? Uh, not as much as I used to. And you're you're picking the right games, but every day you're playing you're playing two sessions.
2: Yeah. Or I mean, do you have to play more if you don't get what you need kind of a thing? Yeah, or? no, no, that's totally possible. I have a I have a folder of games that uh people are very curious about that I will never ever post because they're either terrible about terrible things. I played like an ISIS simulator game. And I don't even know why I tried. It was so terrible. Like just so wrong in every way. I couldn't actually get through the whole thing. Uh, who, I, who makes these things? It's just on the internet. Like, there are indie game site and game jams all the time where people just spend... 24 hours to make a crap game but sometimes gems like surgeon simulator or something like that will come out of it and it'll be a great game that people love to see because it's unique Mm -hmm. and interesting so you gotta take risks and be like okay I don't know what this is about but maybe it's a joke that game was not a joke like it was absolutely not a joke at all not funny in any way so never gonna get put up and there's a lot of occurrences like that'll happen and then they have to chuck them. And there's other ga- other times where I'm recording like a 45 minute episode because I'm playing a longer game, or I'm trying to get through it, or I'm playing a game that is an hour and a half, and I didn't know it was an hour and a half going into it. So you know, it- it's always a surprise and a crash. so
0: so a lot of the times you are actually discovering the game for the, the for the first time. In the video, I mean, this is your authentic experience. It's not like, let me check this game out. Let me Do see you what my, my, it? And my
2: angle is going to be. Mm. No, no, You very rarely, unless it's something that's v- pre-planned out beforehand, which it hardly ever happens. I like to go into games completely blind because that gets... Like, it gets authenticity out of me, and I never want to put up anything fake on my YouTube channel. Like, people will say or look at my channel from a bird's-eye view and be like, ah, he sometimes, like, ah, fakes reactions or whatever. But the honest truth is that that's actually just who I am, and I'm trying my best to make sure that everything I do is as authentic as possible.
1: So what's your day-to-day
2: like? Oh. Schedule. I mean... uh, today i got up at 4:30 today because i accidentally took a day off yesterday and uh i had to record videos for my 8 a.m release and my noon release uh but unfortunately i had a meeting with like an accountant and i had a doctor's appointment this morning so i had to cram all that in before 8 a.m get that uh, done and up and then both made- videos yeah both videos get them recorded done i Hoped and hoped that they were good videos, and they were, well, kinda. So I just threw them up, and uh, that was it. This is not how every day goes. This is just an example of what today happened to be.
1: And you schedule them so they come out at different times during the day, yeah. or you just
2: throw them up. Eight and twelve. I eight and twelve. For eight and twelve usually. That's why I'm trying to do. Since this year, I tried to do that. Um, but I, I just spend a lot of time recording and editing because I don't have an editor. I'm I'm a team of one. Uh, I do all the scouting for games I do the recording and then I do the editing afterwards and uh, it's just kind of an endeavor but every day it's an interesting adventure because I built my life around this schedule but I'm going to have to get ahead of it at some point or else I'm going to lose my mind
0: and you keep it pretty raw in terms of uh, you're not jump cutting to just all the 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 best parts I mean you're a lot of times you'll just kind of play right
2: through. Yeah. Not, not all the time I do for certain games, but yeah, I like to give people more of a, more of a view of the game itself and and like the whole aspect of it because people will say, and and I totally understand for optimizing on YouTube, you need to have it a certain length. It can only be so long. It can only be the best bits. You need to jump cut everywhere to make sure that people are always engaged. And I do it to some extent, just if I'm totally silent, I'll obviously cut them out or if I'm lost, I'll cut that out. Uh, But I've always found that people like the whole experience. And because I'm very good at talking, like that's my one skill. I can talk for hours on end. If you let this podcast run for like 14 hours and you left at some point, I would still be talking about crap by the time you got back. <laughs> but like since that's my skill, I can do that and I can go outside and uh, then I can get on my, with my life. But people well, do enjoy that. Well, let's talk about the talking.
1: Um, you You've got – like a radio voice in your vlog. It's
2: It's
0: it's tickling my ears right now in in, in this microphone and these these headphones. I definitely feel like maybe this is a radio show and you're the host and we're the guests.
2: I mean, (laughs) I I don't wanna do a hostile takeover of your show, but if the fans demand it, I sure will. (laughs) I'm totally okay with that. But no, yeah, I've always been told that I had a radio voice and it's the weirdest thing too because in high school, I was very shy. I never spoke. But occasionally when you have to do like public readings or you have to read an expert in class, I would actually say something and people would turn to me and be like, oh, my God, you had that voice this whole time and you didn't do anything. And I'd be like, yeah, don't look at me because I I couldn't bring myself to be anything outgoing in high school.
0: Did you have a really awkward voice change? Because a guy with a voice like yours, usually there was a part and, you know, or or was it gradual? As far as
1: I know, I came out of the womb sounding like this.
2: So (laughs) I can't really tell you.
1: And what was the turning point to where you became a talker if that wasn't in high school?
2: Was it when you started uh, playing video games? I think actually, yeah because I've always been quiet in whatever I do up until this point like since I started doing YouTube I did it as a way to force myself to talk every day because originally when I did YouTube I didn't want to do YouTube like uh, one of my biggest inspirations and I actually got to meet him recently is Freddie Wong uh, because I loved loved the videos that he did and I loved the special effects special loved, effects yeah. comic viral videos yeah I love that aspect of it and I love the creativity behind it I watched all his behind the scenes stuff and I was like I can do this I can do this but I didn't even know how to hold a camera. So I couldn't set up a shot. I couldn't light it. I couldn't get audio correctly. I couldn't do anything like that. So I was like, okay, what can I do? I've been told I have a good voice my whole life. What can force me to talk? I didn't even know what Let's Plays were before I did them, my brother is actually the one that I credit me actually doing let's plays because he watched them. but the weirdest thing is he watched silent let let's plays, which aren't <laughs> around like just watching the game itself, so I was like, okay, well, he just
1: didn't know that his mute was on or
2: no, no, he just liked seeing the game for the game like sure. he didn't actually like people talking because back then there weren't these energetic commentators, there weren't personalities talking over it, like me. And uh, to be honest, I wouldn't want to talk over some of the games that he watches just because the game itself is actually very interesting and fun to play. But
1: But was it but when you started doing it, did you discover a hidden gift of gab like that? You could just fill space with talking or did you can we look back from the beginning of your channel and see that it
2: you developed a muscle? It was very developed because if you go back, you'll notice that I may sound kind of similar but my voice is way higher pitch and my pauses are awkward and I can't come up with the things to say like I didn't have a bag of tricks like I kind of do now and even though I want to take improv classes because I have not taken any professional training and I think that would lead a lot to me being able to craft jokes better especially when I'm talking Um, but over time it's all self-taught and took a lot okay. of learning
1: well d- describe the bag of tricks give us
2: open the bag oh open the bag i could hardly tell you a lot of dick jokes just endless dick jokes you, you make a dick joke it'll be funny i'm sure mm-hmm. you guys as professional entertainer comedians you know it's just a bag of dicks so um but no i mean it it, it it's all about Letting your mind go into the game and I think this is one of my best aspects when it comes to me personally playing games. I open myself up to it. I let myself go into the world and I, I try to live as best I can in the in the game. And, in the and, moment, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, exactly. So you is you you forget the audience is there or I'm always mindful that they're there and you know I do the I look at the camera whenever I can, yeah. but but sometimes and I'll quote a game or I'll remember a game Specifically that I played it was called presentable liberty. It was a game where you were locked in a cell for like five days and you had no contact with anyone you were just in the cell and it was like a four foot by six foot cell barren walls. But the only way you communicated with people was by them sending you letters that slid in under your door every once in a while. And a lot of people didn't have the same response as I did. But when I played the game because I get so into it, I felt alone. And I felt like my only connection to another human being was through these letters of people that I didn't know. So I had like this weird inner struggle where I knew this was a game and I knew this wasn't real. And I knew even if this was real, these people probably weren't real and it was all staged because it seemed fake. But I cared because the premise was that the entire world was dying. You committed to it. Yeah, I committed to it. You entered it. I felt like the world was ending and I felt like these people that I barely knew were dying and I cared.
1: So what was the result More
2: crying? (laughs) I didn't cry in that one. Like, I cry in a lot of my videos, but not all of them. But I, I had this existential crisis. Like, I literally was freaking out, and I couldn't handle the idea that I was sitting in a room alone recording a video, playing a game where I was sitting in a room alone. Yeah. It was weird weirdest but, thing. But but is that role play were you wigging out? Were you role playing wigging out? Were you acting? I was really wigging out. Like I was honestly truly having a crisis in my mind. And and like people were saying like how can you respond that way? It was like because I live the games I play. And it doesn't always happen because games can take me out of things very quickly if they're the wrong type. But this one hit all the right buttons for me. But and doesn't
0: the line get blurred when you are doing it for your own entertainment, but also for the entertainment of others? Right, especially when you develop this ba- the bag of tricks and the craft that you have. Mm-hmm. Where, okay, this many mi- million people are watching me do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I-, I can say we relate to that. There's a, I'm, I mean myself. I'm not being dishonest. But I'm not talking to Link the way that I would talk to him if no one was watching.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's totally true. Like, if I wasn't recording myself, I wouldn't be saying anything out loud because I have no reason to. But because I've been doing <laughs> that's <a> good point. <laughs> yeah, I would seem crazy otherwise. But because I'm recording and because it's become so autonomous for me to record and talk at the same time, I can also get lost and I can start talking to myself when there's no reason I should be talking
0: to myself. And how would you describe that guy? Like, if you didn't know you and you saw you, playing a video game and you had to describe you to someone else, you would say, this guy talks like this, acts like this. What is your perception of yourself?
2: Um, I would say this is a guy who is extremely energetic and loud. And I'm very conscious of how I look from the outside after I'm done recording, but when I'm recording, I try to get into it. But f- if I was describing myself, seeing myself alone in the room, I would question that. Like, I th- and I think a lot of people would. I, I think that's a natural question. Information. The question, what's going on? Here. Yeah,
1: exactly. The performance.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because from the outside perspective, looking at that on the inside, and this is what I try to remember when I get criticism. Like people say, like, "Hey, this is not real at all," and I'm like. You're actually right. Like, it's totally not what would happen in normal life or everyday society if you were playing a game alone. But the way it happens... But when, you wouldn't
0: be watching it if that's what Yeah, exactly.
2: Doing. Like, if someone was just like, ugh, slack-jawed at a screen, like, it wouldn't be all that entertaining to watch. <laughs> Although, I know my fans would probably still watch it. But <laughs> I, I'm still very mindful. Like, I totally understand, uh, like, the question you're asking. And it, it's totally true. It touches very much on the conundrum that we as Let's Players face. Yeah. Like, what is real? What is fake? What is our personality? And what is our show? You know? And um, my goal is just to... Like blend them together as much as possible, because when I see that, like when I see that, I see someone who is very energetic and probably not what would really happen. But when I'm in there and when I'm recording, nothing else matters. because case
1: in point, the voice, you know, we talked about your voice, mm-hmm. but then there's you know, you go into a characterization, you describe it.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, no, I I, I, I talk more animatedly. And it's even happening with you. like when you first met me, I had hands in my pockets, you know, yeah. just quiet voice. But it's a weird switch that gets flipped. And it's like, I know that I need to talk. And I know there are other people that are going to be listening to this. So I need to be careful about the words I choose. And I need to be mindful of what I say and, and how I behave. Uh, but also at the same time, like, if you ask my friends how I act among them, you would kind of get the same reaction. Just because I'm very comfortable in doing that. And I'm very comfortable. And when I play games with friends... Probably like you could do, a shout and scream and I like yell at them, even though they may be quieter than I am, but I I just love the boisterous aspect of it being together on a couch and playing games. But what was the question I I I do this, I ramble and I think you've answered it. I answered it. No,
1: yeah, I think it's fascinating
0: Your
2: perception
1: of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's it's really a you're giving a description of the 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 artistry that that is let's play. Mm -hmm. And Being good at it and captivating an audience and being true to yourself, channeling the part of yourself that's going to connect with an audience and walking a line between performance and reality. And I just think that's fascinating, especially for people who aren't fans and again they're outsiders who are just Mm -hmm. thinking, okay, yeah, he just he commentates over over playing videos. Mm -hmm. You know, outsiders, uh, myself included. To to to, uh, you just until you experience it and you become a committed fan, it's just, it's kind of, it's its a different art form that maybe at least I think this description can help outsiders appreciate it. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, and it's good because I've never actually talked about it from this perspective mm-hmm. that you guys have given me. Because I know that you guys probably don't watch my videos at all. And a lot of people don't watch my videos or don't like my videos, and I'm totally okay with that. I'm totally fine. Let's plays are not for everyone. They're not the entertainment that a lot of people need. Um, but once people, I've noticed this transition. Once people actually do get into my videos and do get a fandom, they also have a switch that gets flipped, and they're like, "Oh, I see it now. I see I why yeah. people like this and why I can enjoy this." And well, that, it's all,
0: there's a there's a part of what you're kind of getting at, which is uh, authenticity, and and it's interesting because you have a desire to maintain authenticity. Mm-hmm uh you're admitting that okay guys i i am not going to be complete if i'm 100% authentic then i would sit here slack-jawed staring at the 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 game yeah. that's not going to be entertaining uh so you are you know playing a role so that people will be will get into it and want to enjoy it but you're being yourself and you've made this conscious decision to insert your your life into your channel in a way that mm-hmm. other gamers have it and i want to get to that but let's get into that life a little bit Now, um, getting back to your story, there's an interesting thing that we have in common is that you swung on vines in the woods as a child and that was like one of our number one pastimes growing up together. Yeah,
1: so we we heard that in your Draw My Life video Uh when living in Ohio, um,
2: you go into the forest back there. I lived in a house where there was woods behind. And back in Ohio, you know, you don't get that out here. You don't get just woods that you can go into and get lost for hours and not be kidnapped and murdered. Uh, (laughs) We were just able to go out there, have the time of our lives, break all bones in our body, and just be kids out in the woods. Uh, So we would go out, and we didn't have, like, tools to cut vines so we would use sharp rocks and then we'd find a oh you got caveman on it yeah yeah we we had machetes you had machetes yeah you were allowed machetes as children i don't
0: think we told anybody i think ben Ben greenwood i got hold of some machetes his dad's machete or something.
2: we scavenged everything we got old pocket knives and we once found a a, like a handsaw that we tried to use but it broke and shards went everywhere so you had vines
1: everywhere yeah would you know they would they would grow from the base right and you Mm -hmm. would chop. you would I always thought the ironic thing is, you know, you kill the vine mm-hmm. in order to then enjoy it. Enjoy it, yeah. And exactly. then it's gonna, you know, a month later, you can't swing on that vine anymore because mm-hmm. you you chopped it off at the base, yeah. and you killed it. But That's you so can sad. get
0: a bucket of water and stick the vine in the bucket of water, and between, like, and it'll last weeks longer. I don't think we never us did. As that. children, ever thought of me that. and Ben did that. You did that behind Ben's house. Exactly. Yeah. Oh,
1: this is a good vine. I mean, yeah, we had some epic swings, oh. like mm-hmm. over. Over the edge, of one the of the largest, or the, the river? biggest
0: injuries I ever got was, uh, and I think I still carry it with me, the scars to this day. That's why I have back problems is mm-hmm. being mid swing, on one that went out over a dirt road, and it
1: snapped at its full height, and oh. I landed on my tailbone from probably ten feet up. Oh yeah. And then he just he like writhed around on the ground sh- screaming. Cursing. And uh, Ben and I just kind of looked at him and laughed. Like, yeah. I mean, I
2: what? I'm laughing now. I don't know why. <laughs> A kid in pain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you ever get hurt?
2: Oh, not me, but uh, my friend did. Like, the same thing happened to him. At the apex of his swing... He snapped, but he went into thorn bushes, so he was a oh. lot better off than you okay, were. Yeah. He just did, got cut up and cried like a baby, whatever. <laughs> did you
1: get semi naked like Tarzan or, or when you were eating like hot peppers? No, 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 nothing like that. We didn't either.
2: Yeah, okay, just checking. Well, we wouldn't <laughs> tell
1: you if we did, yeah. I guess.
2: There, uh, I have a lot of funny stories from those times. We once found an old VHS tape that said, I forget the name of it, but it was very obviously a porn tape. Okay. And we didn't understand how VHSs work, we thought they were film strips that you could like pull out and see. Oh, so wow. we, we like tucked it under our shirt and went back home and we're like, oh my God. We you found, found it in the woods? Yeah, in the woods, just yeah. in the woods randomly. So we went down in the basement, turned off all the lights, got some flashlights and we we're like, oh, this is going to be crazy. We were like eight at the time. We didn't even understand what porn even was except that it was we weren't allowed to see it. So we, we pull all the magnetic strip out like idiots. We could have just popped it in the VCR, but no, we pull all, <laughs> oh pull all of it goodness. out and we take a flashlight and we shine it through and we're like, yeah, what? wait a minute, wait. Can't see anything. Oh, no. Yeah, we couldn't see a damn thing because that's not how VHS is working. They're <laughs> magnetic strips and... De- and the, de- de- but there de- was a VCR like
1: literally yeah, two right feet there. from you.
2: Oh, it was so close. But I think it was like dirt on the VHS and we didn't want to get dirt in the VHS, you know, for some reason. And we were so you idiots. You to create a projector situation. Yeah, yeah, situation. Exactly. <laughs> It did not work that way. We yeah. were eight at the time, okay? We did not think <laughs> things through.
1: It, we, and this is
2: Ohio, right? Yeah, Ohio.
1: Um, yeah, we would find... Uh, pieces of porn in the woods Mags. like magazines. Ma- ma- not whole magazines like mm. papers and parts of like trash piles abandoned porn abandoned porn oh. as um as adolescents
2: oh that's that's a shame they probably discovered the internet and were like i don't need this anymore and threw it out the window right. yeah well those, this was, is still this before is the is internet pre internet oh okay but it's I amazing wasn't what people was <laughs> how old you were <laughs> People are throwing in the woods. Yeah. Maybe they didn't like a particular girl on a page and just ripped it out and threw it away. Um, so,
1: paint a picture of growing up. Okay. All right. Growing
2: up, Ohio, kind of rural. Because uh, you parents... moved from Hawaii. Yes. Well, to? Yeah. To Ohio. Because my dad was in the military, and that's okay. why I was on Hawaii. And that's why my brother is born in Massachusetts, because I was only born 23 months later exactly, in Hawaii. So we moved very quickly from place to place. Uh, And then he left the military. And apparently I was wrong because uh, I confirmed this just recently. We didn't go to Ohio right away. We went to someplace else that I don't know to stay with family. And then we moved to Ohio. Uh, So grew up in Ohio. I had no idea what Hawaii was like, so I didn't have any chance to miss it. Uh, Grew up in a very, very rural area. Uh, You know, in the suburbs, woods, very isolated, very fun. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Had no idea of the scope of the world until I went to Korea. Um, My parents were getting divorced, and that was very sad and whatnot, uh, but it was probably for the best. They got divorced, and then, you know, we were spending a lot more time with each parent, and so I got the Asian side from my mom, and a lot of the asian experience and i got to understand what that meant that i was half asian and then i got my dad's side which was very american you know he was as american as it comes he was a military man very proud of america and, and all that stuff so mm-hmm. i i got two sides of that and i got a very broad perspective early al- early on of People can come from anywhere, and people can be anything. But when I faced, like in schools in those types of towns, you face a little bit of racism. If you're just a little bit not white, then that's just enough to hate you. Yeah. So some people, like, were very racist towards. How me. bad did that get? It was more. It was worse towards my brother because he had more Asian features growing up than I did. Um. So he, his own teachers would like openly discriminate against him in class and belittle him and berate him, and mostly because they didn't like our mother, who was. Very, very much the typical Korean mother, and if you know a Korean mother, you know what they're like, and she was exactly like that, um, and and that bled into our lives. But as we grew up, it got less and less. I, I don't know if it's because the world became more understanding, or just because we grew more into our white features, or something like that. But you know, it, it always stuck with us a little bit. You know, Asian. You grew jokes. into your white features. I think so. Yes, I think that actually is a thing that can happen. You and- became more white. In a weird way, yes. Actually, I would honestly say that's true, because me and my brother looked very similar when we were kids, and we both looked very Asian. But um, people who meet me today, it's like a 50-50 chance if they think I'm just pure white, or if I, if I have any Asian in me, they're surprised. Uh, you know, it, it, It's a big toss-up, but early on, it was much more distinct. Um, But Mm -hmm. that didn't stop like Asian jokes and whatnot. But I don't really care. you know. It's totally fine. Racism happens. I'm not saying that I I need to be a charity case just because I had racism and it's affected me. It really didn't. But your
1: mom took you to Korea? Is that what you were saying? On a trip or like you were living there?
2: Uh, We took trips for a few weeks at a time because we had family in Korea. She was the only daughter of seven that moved to America uh, because Hmm. my my grandparents on that side actually have a very interesting story. They uh, were originally... In north Korea before the Korean War and they were right on the border of China like way 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 up north and they came from a very wealthy well-off family they had everything they needed my grandpa had a beautiful wife and lots of inheritance and then he heard from his buddies in the American armies that was going down like things were getting bad so he basically said to his family like if you won't come with me I am leaving and they didn't come with him, so he left everything behind. Every wife, kids, one. everything. He only took the wife. He had no kids at that time. He was just okay. freshly married. He grabbed his wife, my grandmother, and ran down south on foot all the way down to Seoul, Korea, which is where they live outside of, or they lived outside of Seoul, Korea. Uh, and uh, that's just what happened. They cut off all ties, and a year later, war was broken out, borders drawn and he never saw his family again. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, just for the rest of his life he never saw a single member of his family.
1: So you were going back and gaining an appreciation for this stuff with your having your parents having split up. Mhm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because that gave me another world view too like oh I guess relationships don't last forever or something like I don't know if that's bled into my life now probably has in some way and I have deep seated issues about that but I think in a way it was actually better for me to see that early on and understand it because I've always been inquisitive and uh, like I've always been trying to appreciate things from a whole view and that's what I try to do with my channel today. I try to appreciate everything that I see from a whole view and look at it from all angles. Because that's why I look at myself and I'm able to appreciate the perspective of someone doesn't like Let's Plays. They can see that I'm, you know, it, 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 I wouldn't do this in normal circumstances. But that all led into me growing up in this rather diverse, rather multi-location childhood. With
1: and your, so you were, it was shared custody? Or you? or Did you live with
2: your dad? I lived with my dad mostly, which is. Actually, unusual. Yeah you how know? is that How's that decision made? Um, well, I actually I don't know the specifics of it. I was only put in like brought into court at, like once or twice, just so like. And how time. how old were you at that time? Uh, nine. I I can't actually remember. Maybe I was younger than that. Maybe this was like seven. But uh, in the end, it was just like. Uh, my mom thought it would be better if I lived with my dad. Uh, late, years later she would regret it and then she'd accept it because she thinks, like nowadays if I have my mom she thinks that I was better off for growing up with my dad because he taught me, he was like the greatest dad in the world. Like he taught me such to keep such an open mind about things in. Uh, I wish I could have asked him more stuff down the road uh, after I had really grown up and found myself uh, when I was like 22, is about the time that I really started discovering myself. Uh, I, I wish I could have asked him so much more, but that's in the past. I can't do that. When um, did when did he? It what... sounds like you were really close
1: to him. Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: I mean... Yeah, he was he was the smartest man I knew and the most understanding man I knew. Uh, and probably still to this day, like i don 't know a person who was more wise and more and had a better perspective on the entire world than my dad and it It sucks because I would want to ask him so many things, but um what know. was the circumstances of his passing? Oh, he had cancer like uh, and, and he'll he 'll only he would have only blamed himself because he was a smoker for forty six years. Uh, he started when he was 14, and even though he quit like eight years before he actually got cancer, he uh, you know he kind of accepted that I he did this to himself. So uh, and, it, and it really so sucked it was
1: emphysema him, or
0: yeah. lung cancer, lung
2: cancer, like straight up lung cancer that spread to a few different places. Uh, it was probably...
0: how How old were you when he was diagnosed?
2: I, I think I was 17. I, I just turned, yeah, I, no, I was just about to turn 18. So I think I was 17 when he was diagnosed. Uh, and that was really hard for me to take at that point, just because you know the the person who I understood as the person I wanted to be was dying, and I saw him waste away, basically from the the, the very outgoing, very strong character that he was to, uh, and anyone who has experienced anyone with cancer would know this too, uh, just how they waste away as a person and eventually just kind of fade away into not the person that you remember. Mm -hmm. And
1: how long of a process was that?
2: it It was over a year, but that year went by so quickly just to see it all happen. Uh, I, I was just going into college too, which really took a toll because uh, I had this college relationship or high school relationship that uh, ended before college. And that's totally fine. Like we moved on. No relationship survives really from that perspective. But that on top of my dad was uh, suffering through school and I didn't perform as well as I did. And then I got bad grades and my dad was disappointed in me. And I felt so terrible because like, ah, I wish i had tried harder. Uh, and, and then I made a concerted effort to do that. But Just seeing uh, the process by which my dad kind of, you know, just drifted away from the person I knew, but
1: still. What was the final? You know, how did it resolve? Were you there? I was there. Yeah, I
2: was there when he when he died. It was a a very scary time, uh, and you know, I, I was lucky enough to be there when he died. Even though it was very scary to see, I would always rather be there in times like that and face it head-on than try to run away from it and not see it because, you know, you need to, you need to be there because it, it's another experience in your life that you need to get perspective on because one of the things that I, I, I've been through myself is I have a tumor. I had a tumor, you know, about three and a half years ago, uh, and it, it, along with that, made me realize that I'm going to die someday. I know this. I know full well that I'm going to die. I know full well that it's going to happen probably when I least expect it and at the least convenient time in my life. Uh, And because of that, that very much motivates me to do whatever I can now. Here and now, I need to be the best person I can because I won't have enough time. No matter what I do, no matter how I approach my life, I will not have enough time. And no one will. No one on this earth will have enough time to do what they need.
1: Was your tumor cancerous?
2: No, it was, it was a very rare tumor called a ganglioneuroma, which basically means it's a tumor made of nerve cells. It can become cancerous, but this one was not, so I'm in the clear as far as that goes. Um, I, I seem to have a clean bill of health thus far, and medical science only improves, so it, I may not die of something along those lines. But How did, your ex- how
1: did the experience of your dad passing uh, impact your trajectory?
2: Um, actually, that's that's a really good question. Because when he passed, I was kind of in a toss up of what I, what I wanted to do in college, like the idea of being a YouTuber wasn't even a thing back then. Um, Maybe the first fledgling YouTubers were just starting, but they weren't getting paid for it. So it hadn't even crossed my mind. I just knew that whatever I did, I needed to try to do it 100%. So the the year after my dad died, uh, the first quarter was very hard, but I tried very hard in school, and I did very well. And I got a very good job, and I tried my best at that job, even though it was the most boring job that I've ever had in my life. I tried very hard, and I wanted to do the best I could in what I did. So I, I pushed myself. And even though I fell off the horse sometimes, and I got a, a big World of Warcraft stint, like that consumed a lot of my life. Because games have always been a big part of my life. Uh-huh. I've always been a gamer. I always wanted to play games. So that's just kind of how it went and then I rolled forward with that until I was kicked in the ass with the tumor and also before that I got laid off from my job and then it just kind of compounded into this moment where I had this self-reflection and this is what I meant when I said before that I discovered myself when I was like 22. Uh, It was after all of this compounded and all this stuff happened to me and all of like I, I had this struggle with why even bother you know, everyone has that moment who has pushed past it or let it consume them. They have had the "why even bother?" moment, and I, fortunately enough, uh, pushed past it. And a lot of people may not be able to, and a lot of people try really hard to do that. And, By doing what? Well, that's the thing. You don't know what you what is going to make you push past it and and get the will to keep moving forward, or get the will to do something different, or take a risk. But it, it it it's just the the only thing that question needs to be answered is that I will push past it, and then everything else is like I don't know how, I don't know what I'm gonna do, I don't know why I'm even deciding to do this. I just need to do something. So I tried writing, I tried. Uh, I'm making a webcomic. I tried art. I dropped out of engineering to pursue, like, go into art school. Uh, And then I dropped out of that because it wasn't working for me. Uh, It didn't feel like what I need. But I tried so many things. I didn't find what I wanted to do until, like, way, way later after this. But I had the realization before I did YouTube. Like, after all the went down, I had the realization. And I knew that I don't know what I want to do. The weirdest thought that I've had recently was that Uh, Some of the greatest artists or people that have the greatest potential to be incredible artists are not artists. Mm -hmm. You know, the people that have incredible potential to be athletes or stuff like that are not athletes. They chose something else because that appealed to them or some circumstances put them in that situation. They didn't know that they could Mm -hmm. because they didn't try. And that's not a discredit to them. They weren't, may have been in the situation. But I knew that I was good at something. I had to be, I had to be great at something and I wanted more desperately than anything in the world to have something that I could say that I was great at. So, so it, it was
0: more, it, it for you, was it more about saying, finding the thing that you were great at or was finding the thing that you enjoyed the most?
2: Both. I wanted both. Like it, it sounds selfish to say I wanted it all, but I really did because I wasn't, I wasn't at the point where I was trying to find what was fun. I was trying to find what was most satisfying, like to me as an individual. I didn't even care about making money off of it, really, because I I, I, I was a college kid. I was used to very limited budget. I didn't come from a rich background. I actually had a very poor background. Like a child had grown up, like I, I didn't have Christmas presents for many Christmases because we didn't have the money for it or, or, or whatnot. And that's totally fine. That's but you, tried, you So you tried a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah all the
1: time you were very passionate about gaming but you didn't connect those dots until a while
2: later yeah yeah but I, you eventually did obviously so how did that happen well that happened because well, like i said my brother, Your brother my, right? my brother knew about let's plays and when i was looking at that i was like can they even make money off of it Ah, whatever I'll try because I didn't know I didn't know that they made money and uh, I picked horror games because I saw this one compilation video which was like a whole bunch of people playing Amnesia the Dark Descent Mm -hmm. and I would never played the game before and I never known about the game but I I watched that video and it was the funniest thing I've ever seen to see people scream like little girls in the face of these monsters and I said like yes I want to make people laugh with my screams of terror because that is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And, and I did that, and that's what I did. And I thought it was great, and no one watched it really, just some of my friends subscribed to me. And then I made a compilation, because that's what I wanted to do, that's what I saw. I saw a compilation that was really cool, and I thought I'd make a compilation. And I didn't even know how. I didn't even know how to cut things together. I didn't even know how to make subtitles. So I had to like struggle and learn like just how to put words on a screen was just a challenge for me. And then I did it. I spent like two days straight, no sleep, no food, just straight up making this video. And I was like, yes, it's done. I showed it to my brother and my brother laughed. And I was like, goal accomplished. Everything I set out to do is done. My brother laughed at this. It made him laugh. I am so happy. So I threw it up on my YouTube channel, and I knew that no one was really watching it. And, uh, somehow someone found it and someone posted it on Reddit and it made it to like number three in videos, our videos, it made it to number three. And I I was sitting in the middle of, I remember I was sitting in the middle of church Mm -hmm. that my, my mom dragged me to her very, very pompous big church. So we went there and I was just sitting like bored out of my mind because no one is excited at church. And I looked at my phone and my emails were just blowing up. How
1: many views are we talking about on that video? It
2: got... Uh, it, back then, it got a hundred thousand views, and for a channel that had no subscribers, that was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, this
1: is like twenty ten.
2: Yeah, no, uh, twenty probably twenty twelve. No, it was twenty twelve. Okay. Yeah, so to me, that was unheard of. Like I couldn't fathom that many people, and I it was my first exposure to
3: and negative that was your, comments. That was not your first video, <laughs> yeah.
1: but it was your first. Compilation. compilation.
2: Yeah, it was first compilation. I have made like a 12-part series on Amnesia, and then I made that video. So it was like my 13th or something video. And uh, I, I read through every single comment, and I got the same thing that I get today. Like, oh, this dude's faking this. Uh, what a bunch of bull, and this guy's the worst. And so, But some people were like, this is really funny. And that resonated with me. And that so was like,
0: did you think, okay, this is the key. I've got to compile Uh, Yeah.
2: No, you're dead right. I thought like, oh, this is what I wanted to do. I got to do this. So like every week I would play a game and then compile it. And I would play a game and compile it. Highlight reel. Yeah, exactly. Highlight reel uh, stuff. And and I thought that was really cool because it condensed everything that I did for hours into one cool video and people could enjoy it. But I never got the same response. So it never got posted to Reddit again. And it never got the big blowing up. And I was like, oh, man, I thought they were good enough. But it wasn't that they were good enough. It was just the, the timing thing the luck but was it for something to blow up on reddit
1: was it a specific speculation about like you being nuts or something i mean for something to really resonate on the video subreddit Mm -hmm. there had to have been something more than it was just this guy's funny, right? No, that was or it. that was it.
2: That was it, and I was so honored because the the good comments on that were like people actually laughed. And it that, wasn't
1: it wasn't a cynical speculation of nah, something that
2: nah, nah, nah. you didn't
1: intend. That wasn't it at all. Okay, it good. Was,
2: it was pure and simple. People found it entertaining. And that's what set a spark in me. And uh, even after the other videos didn't get the huge response, there were people that saw my first video that subscribed to me and were now commenting on a regular basis, saying, like, dude, you're funny, your voice is great, and I was just like, oh my goodness, people like the things I do? This is what I liked. Like, because you, I liked you, this.
1: I, I heard you say in one vlog that at first you wanted to make comedy sketch videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that bef- so, was that before you started the Let's Play or was that in tandem? That was before, yeah. Because you were seeing successful YouTubers in that genre or because of some
2: other reason? I, I thought it was just really cool. I only wanted to do what I liked, and I liked those videos. So, this is one of the things I tried before I did, you know, Let's Plays. I tried this for months. I tried it. I spent the last of my money that came in on a tax refund on a T2i. Uh, I didn't even have a microphone with it. Just you thought, hey, it's got onboard mic. Why not use that? Um, A little green screen that I stupidly. It was a blue a, a blue green green screen, a mm-hmm. little fold out one. And I would take it outside in the green grass and the blue sky and I would just put it up like this'll work, right? And I had no idea what I was doing. So and But those I,
1: are sketch videos. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. They were sketch videos. And I made three of them or I tr- I filmed three of them, and I had no idea how to edit them together, get special effects in there. I had no idea. I was at a loss and I, I looked at it, I was like, this is going to take months and months of trying and effort, and when I'm done with it, it might not even be good. And I still did it. Like I still I still tried, and then I tried and tried, and then I was just like, oh man. But you
0: I... never, they, they didn't get finished.
2: No, no, they did not get finished, because I, I kept hitting my head against a wall, like sleepless nights, trying to figure it out, because I love solving puzzles, but this puzzle, I, I kept coming to the conclusion that these people had been doing this for years, like they would learned in college how to do special effects. I don't okay. even know how. And to so, in
0: the middle the of that process, of that frustration, and your brother is is the one that kind of says, uh, "Why don't you try something like this?" Or at least points out, "Let's play videos." Yeah, and that's when you. Yeah. Get and that's that what idea. I was like.
2: I could do that. It'll be good practice for my voice.
0: So, when you started getting that initial response, uh, people coming to your channel, people commenting, reading every comment, mm-hmm. uh, how did? Because this is a process that happens without you even knowing it, but as you look back now, how did the initial reactions from fans, the initial comments, shape who
2: Markiplier is today? It was everything. Like at that point, the fact that people were even talking to me was unknown. I was the kind of kid that had Facebook, but never talked to friends. I don't text my friends proactively. So I I lived a very isolated life, like without people actually saying anything to me. And in that way, they didn't expect anything out of me. And so I didn't drive myself to try to impress other people. Um, And then when suddenly comments were rolling in both positive and negative, like I got tons of hate in the beginning, which was totally fine. I can ignore hate all, all, all day long. But the positive comments of people saying they really enjoyed it and they were like, but you could do this differently. And I took that to heart. Like, like I want to see more of this, or I want to see these videos, or, or, or I, and what I want was, to What kind know.
0: of things were they saying?
2: At the time, Minecraft was big. So people were like, oh, could you do a Minecraft video? And the people were like, no, I hate Minecraft. Or it's like, and I was like, oh, one or the other, what, which do I do? So I actually created another channel and called it Markiplier 2. And made Minecraft videos. And people loved it. Like, I was like, oh my god, people love this. And then I went through the unfortunate thing where YouTube actually banned my AdSense account for one reason or another. I have no idea to this day. And that was almost... On your second channel. On both. Like, it was the same AdSense account. And I almost stopped YouTube right then and there. When was that? That was in, like, the first month and a half of my channel. (laughs) I almost would not have been here if I had just kept... Just said, okay, YouTube banned my AdSense account. Because I guess I you don't. don't
1: know the reason, but it had something to do with Let's Play and rights of
2: yeah, video games? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Because for some reason, I wasn't monetizing my main channel videos, but I thought Minecraft It even said in its terms of use, you can monetize videos of this on YouTube. So I thought, oh, okay, I guess this is okay. But I kept getting emails that were like, do you have the rights to monetize this? And I would be like, I think so. And I quoted Minecraft's terms of use and I put it up there. And so I think it was this constant, I got so many email responses like, these are all automated in the yeah, days of YouTube right. when everything was automated. And I think I flagged the system enough that it was just like, this guy must be doing something wrong here. Get rid of him. And I was just done like that. And I tried calling everyone I could. I tried asking everyone I could. I couldn't get in touch with anyone. I I almost gave up. I was so heartbroken because... The thing I wanted to do that I could have possibly done as a career, which I wouldn't have even made money off of enough to live off of for months, months, Mm -hmm. months down the road. But it was just the door was shut and YouTube itself did this. And I was like so disheartened. What was the resolution? I just made another channel. I was I was two steps away from getting uh, signed under a third channel. Yeah, a third channel. We're called Markiplier Game, and that's why my channel is called Markiplier Game right now, and not Markiplier, because I can't use Markiplier. It still exists. And it's then you there.
0: re-uploaded
2: old videos. I re-uploaded to that? every single video I did, and I had done about 150 at that point. Because wow. I uploaded five videos a day back then. When I was first going, I was like, everything, every every single second of my day was recording videos and uploading them. It was it was amazing. And so, um, how did
0: you make how did you make the decision? Uh, at what point did you say? I'm going to insert myself personally, uh, not just the gamer, Mark, mm-hmm. but I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, oh. <laughs> uh, what, what, what was the first video where you kind of went into that, that vlog
2: um, uh, I mode? Had, I had always put my heart and soul into it, but I never really connected deeply. It was only when I, I went to Comic Con San Diego in 2012. Uh, for the first time with my brother, because he has he he has a very successful web comic, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I. Two kinds, had, right? Yeah, two kinds. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a really really great web comic, and has been online for a long time. But he got a booth at Comic Con San Diego, so I went with him just because uh, the company that he works with was nice enough to get me an exhibitor badge, which I was totally grateful for. But when I went there, I had maybe two thousand subscribers. This was on my new channel, Our Game. I had two thousand subscribers. I didn't expect to see a single person there that knew me, and four people came up and knew me. Like, I didn't even know the the astronomical odds of 2,000 people all over the world subscribed to me, and four people at Comic-Con came up and said hi to me. And I saw the real people. I saw who they were. They were actual people that enjoyed my videos and actually knew who I was. And that blew my mind. And I said to myself, holy crap, every single person that has subscribed to me is real and is their own person and it has their own hopes and dreams and has their own life that they live and they take a small moment in that life to watch my videos.
1: So you decided to talk directly to them in vlogs. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and last time I did that, as soon as I got back, I made one of the first vlogs I ever did and I just stood in front of the camera, I was awkward as hell, I didn't know what I was doing and I was just like, hello, this is me. I'm going to tell you about this person that is me, and then that's just when I started doing it. And, and what was the
0: response? What did people say? People
2: loved it. Like people loved like seeing me in person and seeing who I was because I, I didn't even have a face cam back then. Like I, I it's people all didn't, voice, yeah, all voice, and people didn't know who I was, and people were very surprised to see me. People had critiques on how I was. People said I was cute. You're and,
1: Korean, but you've gotten a lot whiter. Uh,
2: yeah, at that point, got, I was very, like, very, I was why, like, 70, 30, white Korean you grew, at
1: You grew into your whiteness, was yeah. the comments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even though no one had ever seen your
2: face. Yeah, yeah, and it was just, it was a really, really cool time. Did and you
1: get any
0: negative response, though? Because it's, it's striking, I mean, the way you've mixed, the way that a vlogger, like a guy like Tyler Oakley, yeah. the way that he will connect with his fans, and it's like, his brand is connecting with his fans. Mm-hmm you know, he's not playing games. He's just connecting with his fans. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, but you brought that same vibe in. I have to assume that in, in the way that the gaming world interprets things and the way they think about things, there had to be some negative re-
2: reaction to that. Like oh, we don't want to hear about your life. Mark. Oh yeah. Yeah. I get that all the time. Like even today, like there'll be comments that are like, what is this? I only signed up for games. Why are you doing vlogs? And like, I, I, I appreciate your view there, but I don't care. Like I, want i've always set out to do this and connect with people because that is the only reason i'm here is because of the people that are subscribed to me and i always need to pay respect to that facet of my channel it's do you think that is
1: apart. um uh, a big factor in the astronomical growth of your channel i mean you say going from a, a thousand subscribers just a few years ago six million subscribers now how many of those over the past year
2: um over the past year uh i i think i only had about 1.5 million this time last year so Mm -hmm. yeah four and a half million in a year four and a
1: half million over the past 12 months Mm -hmm. how did that happen what do you
2: attribute that to Uh, i think i i would say the fact that i directly connect with people um people don't so the vlogs i i don't think it's solely to the vlogs. yes i i play games that kind of lead into a certain brand and five nights at freddy's don't get me wrong took off like crazy and really grew my channel 25 million views oh yeah 26 million i think actually now it's okay nuts That's fair. just to correct you but like get it <laughs> and right growing it'll <laughs> yeah. be more yeah when five nights at freddy's three comes out like it's gonna be nuts but and that really did help and i'm very grateful that i was lucky enough to be on the forefront of that um but i think what really has kept people here and what i see a lot of is that people on the internet outside of youtube say Oh, I know of this guy. I don't like his videos, but I like the person. And that's all that I ever care about. Like, I want people to know who I am and not the games I play. Because I, I will play games, like, for as long as people want me to play games, because I love playing games. But in the end, in the end, so long as people know who I am as a person and see that I try my damnedest to do what is right at all times, that's what matters.
0: Now one of the things you said in your draw my life video was that um and you made that you know when you had less than a million subscribers mm-hmm. uh but you characterized what youtube had given you the opportunity youtube had given you uh, as if it had almost given you a new purpose mm-hmm. on the other side of that success now you know p- passing 6 million subscribers being able to raise money for these charities on a regular basis, mm.
1: pushing half a million dollars, what, approaching that, right? Mm-hmm. We passed that.
2: I'm pretty sure. Yeah.
0: What would, how would you react if all of it was taken right now? So you go back home and YouTube, you you can never upload another, another YouTube mm-hmm. video. Like this career is is taken
2: from you. Um, I think I'd be okay because I I have long. Thought about the fact that we as YouTubers run the risk of YouTube going away. You know, it could just go away at any day. And I I think there would be a lot of people that would be upset that I wouldn't be able to upload videos anymore. But me as a person, I would want to pursue other avenues. Like those things that I tried before YouTube that didn't work, I would want to keep trying different things and see what happens. And it may lead to the point where I am not in the public eye in any way, I am totally alone. I'm working a nine to five at some mill somewhere. That could happen. Like, that could be where it leads, but I'm not going to stop trying to find what I enjoy and what fulfills me. More fulfills me than joy, you know?
3: I mean. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, we're not going to
1: uh, take away your YouTube access. I mean... I hope not. Do you have that power? Well, well we based, do not. I was
0: just... Based on his answer, that's how I was going to make my decision, whether okay. or not I was going to pull the plug. <laughs> do, <they
1: work>? <laughs> <laughs> do I survive? No, we do not have that power, and I don't think that's going to happen. So, okay. given that, what
2: plans do you have let give us a nugget more sketch comedy more exploring uh different avenues because gaming allows me you know the ability to do different things and launch different things and try different things uh it's just a matter of time at this point
0: are we going to see those on your channel yeah
2: all on my channel like like sketch comedies music videos i've got a whole bunch of stuff that i can't wait to do we're filming something tomorrow actually and i'm very excited for it uh, it is Five Nights and Freddy's related, but you know, that's just because my buddies had this idea and it's actually a really cool idea. So
1: All right. We'll look forward to it. And we uh we really enjoy getting to know you. It's time for you to sign the round table of dim lighting. Oh boy. So here's there the you go. Sharpie. Sure. Uh, thanks for, for it. coming in, man.
0: And there you have it, our ear biscuit with Markiplier.
1: Let Mark know what you think of our conversation by tweeting at him. His Twitter handle is Markiplier. It's like multiplier, but Mark instead. Use hashtag ear biscuits. We really do appreciate it uh, when you give feedback to our guest. Uh, that's helpful, as well as leaving a review on iTunes. Those things are both really helpful to us.
0: I'm fascinated by a guy like Mark. I love it when you talk to somebody who has helped to define a genre. Not that he he obviously is, uh, he didn't invent Let's Play videos, Mm -hmm. but he's not defining the genre, he's refining the genre. Yeah. I have a feeling that more and more Let's Play guys are going to start being vulnerable, if not crying, dare I say crying, in their videos because You're right. You know, this is the kind of thing that you turn a genre on its ear a little bit because you've got these gamer guys who are not necessarily known for being emotional uh, guys or or definitely not being that open. In fact, the genre was defined for a long time by guys who never showed their face. And then you got guys showing their face and they're all the guys who showed their faces are getting popular, PewDiePie, fill in the blank. Now you got guys who are showing their faces and
1: crying, and their faces
0: are crying. their faces are crying <laughs> and you know I'm not and I'm not poking fun at Mark. I mean he's a genuine guy. he's really, really good at what he does and and I like him I mean, and and he knows how to connect with people
1: and you know, I applaud him for going on instinct and really refining his genre, just like you said he's He's got a knack for connection, and there's so much to learn from that. Because be the quest- successful. but the it's not something for- that you should calculate. Right. It's something that I That's think is what I wanted to get it's into. It's a reflection of who he is, and he wants people to know the real him. If he, you know,
0: but doesn't the producer in you? Because I know the producer in me wants to think also that, well, he could also know that this was going to work, and so he started doing it. I don't actually believe that, but there's this, the producer in the back of my head is like, well, if he's not doing it, at least somebody else is gonna start doing it, and so now you're gonna have guys who are feigning emotions for subscribers. You got people eating weird stuff, Rhett and Link are two of them, that's us, for subscribers. Uh, What about people crying?
1: For subscribers. Well, the audience is smart. I mean, they're a good judge of uh, authenticity and character. They'll know if it's fake. You know, for a guy like Mark, I mean, look at all the money he has raised for charity. Uh, It's amazing, you know? It's challenging for me personally and professionally to see a guy who instinctively puts so much of his time and effort into channeling his audience and empowering them to to give, yeah. to, to something that there's no there's no direct tangible benefit for him. I think that's awesome, and like I said, I you know I count it a privilege to have gotten to know the guy.
0: My only disappointment is we didn't make him cry to, today,
3: <laughs> you
0: know.
1: But, but we made a song biscuit with him. We did. We that's pretty cool. So very great. Uh, if biscuit. you haven't if you haven't checked that out on our uh, Good Mythical Morning YouTube channel, uh, our song biscuit we wrote a song about Five Nights at Freddy's. We did. And he kind of, he kind of brought us up to speed on that. He was our guide into that.
0: I am preparing for the judgment that is going to be unleashed on us for writing a song about Five Nights at Freddy's. I'm a little scared. We usually don't go into those areas would, that we're not really experts on, but we felt that was we could guy. because he was, he, was, he was there. He was the Sherpa for Five Nights at Freddy's.
1: Yeah, so thanks for that, Mark. And thanks to you for uh, listening and supporting the show. We appreciate it. And of course, we'll be
3: hearing your ears next week. Baking a biscuit.